Well, we just want to take a moment and welcome you to Better Life Church. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us all over our great state of Kentucky, but also all over our country and the world. So no matter where you are today, thank you so much. Maybe you're watching this or you're re-watching this or you're listening to this. Here's what we believe here at Better Life Church. We believe that God brought you right here, whether you're on Facebook, you're on church online. In fact, once you take a moment right now and just comment if you're on one of our social media platforms and comment right now and tell us where you're watching from. We would love to chat with you and just to see the people really all over this great world uh, tuning in right here in Eastern Kentucky, what God is doing. Hopefully the Lord has used this series to speak into your life. But before we jump in today, I got a really quick special announcement. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. Come on, don't we? We heart moms here at Bill Life Church. We love moms, and so we're really excited about it. And we've been thinking about, talking about, you know, what is something special we could do? We know right now in a time of a crisis in our world, you know, uh, we have families are all at home, kids are all at home. And uh, so what can we really do special speaking to our mom's life? Well, obviously... I'm not a mom, right? I'm not a mom. I am a dad. I'm a parent of four kids, three boys and a baby girl. I get that. But I'm not a mom, so I know everything that moms go through. Uh, so some of you know one of our, our great partners and friends in the ministry, Clayton King and Crossroad Ministry. From day one, really, since we launched the church, we have been supporting their ministry. They have seen over 250,000 people saved through their ministry. That's right. Over a quarter million people have given their life that they know of that has let them know through their ministry. And so we believe in their ministry, so we support their ministry. Clayton has come and preached here at Better Life Church. And uh, we're hopefully, maybe if we can, if everything works out with the schedule, maybe this fall, we're gonna try to get him to come back and preach again here in the house at Better Life. But however, I reached out to him, I said, hey, your wife, Shari, she, she travels the world, she's an author, she's a speaker, she goes all over the world traveling, sharing the good news and the gospel and speaking to people's life. I asked, I asked him, I said, hey, would Shar be willing to maybe to uh, record a message here for all the moms at Bear Life Church? He said, absolutely. So I'm really excited to let you know that next Sunday, Shari King, Clayton King's wife, is going to be speaking a special message right to her moms. You know, she, she again, they homeschool their children. She's an author. She's a speaker. She travels the world. And I think that she has a great message. We've talked. We've chatted over what that message is going to be like, how, what the format stuff. I'm telling you what, moms, you better get excited because next Sunday, this is going to be an incredible message, an incredible time for her to speak into your life. And I've never been so excited for a Mother's Day message as we are for next, next week. So I just want you to know, hey, moms, we love you. Great shout out to you. And uh, hopefully that you'll enjoy the message that Shari is gonna speak into your life. So let's jump into today's uh, message, to today's series, The Way of Jesus. And I'm just gonna assume that the Lord has been using. I know he has for me. He's been teaching me so much through this series. In fact, we were supposed to end the series today. But we're not ending the series. We're going, to, we're going to stretch this series out to the end of May. I have three more messages that I want to continue to share with you. I'm really excited about after Mother's Day. We'll pick right back up with the series, The Way of Jesus. And if you're joining with us, you know, I, I started the series off talking about, you know what? You can be a follower of Jesus. That you can be a disciple. A disciple is someone who's willing to forsake it all and follow their master, their teacher. It's more than just a learner. See, we, we've kind of take the word disciples as just a pupil. Well, that's really not just what a disciple is. A disciple is more of an apprentice. 
Someone who follows someone, mimics someone, and we're called to mimic Jesus, our master, our Lord, our Savior, and to follow him and to be his disciple. So the first week we talked about, I can be a disciple. No matter what I've done in my life, no matter where I've come from, no matter what I've tried, no matter the circumstance, situation, sin I went through, I can follow Jesus. Last week we talked about following Jesus is a choice. You must make a choice to choose. So we start out saying, I can follow Jesus, but then last week I asked you, do you want to follow Jesus? Because that is your choice that you have to make. If you want to be a disciple of Jesus, you have to make that choice. So now what? Okay, I can be a disciple. I want to be a disciple. What do I do? Like, what's the practical steps? So I'm going to share a little bit of that today, but this really sets up the next three, well, not next week, because we've got a very special message from moms from Shari next week. But the next three weeks after that, I'm going to break that down practically. What do I do now? Like, what are some steps? What do I need to take to make that happen? So if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. This is where I want to camp. This is where I believe the Lord is leading us today in John 15. And while you're turning, let me give you some background real quick, what's, what's happened and what some things have taken place. You know, during the week uh, leading up to Easter, leading up to Good Friday, uh, I did a series of Facebook Live posts, and I, I talked about what happened on Sunday, what happened on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, then obviously on Good Friday, and then we celebrated the resurrection on Sunday. And I walked through that, and, and one of the days I, I, I talked about, and I gave a little glimpse to, to this message that's in me that I've been wanting to share for a while with our church. In fact, over about three years, this is a message I really wanted to speak into our church's life. So I'm really excited that we're able to pull, you know, pull it out now and, and share it in the time that uh, we're walking through, you know, what does it mean to follow Jesus, what it means to be a disciple. Well, on Sunday, if you remember, Jesus comes riding in on the donkey, right? And everyone's singing Hosanna and they got the palm branches out. Jesus stops by the temple, peeks in, see what's going on, all that jazz. And he goes back to Bethany, staying at Lazarus, you know, who he just raised from the dead, Lazarus' house. And then the very next morning, he's going back into the Jerusalem, back to the temple. And if you remember this, this is when Jesus kind of goes uh, like wild and he goes and turns over the tables and the money changers and makes a whip and cracks a whip and gets kind of all like Indiana Jones and, you know, and takes the whip and starts driving everybody out. Uh, but right before he, there, that morning, he left Bethany, and while he was on his way, he sees a fig tree. And he wants to go to the fig tree, and he wants to grab some fruit. Why? Because he's hungry. And I, I want you to see this. This is very important. I want you to see this. In Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 12, it says, The next day, now Sunday, rides in, right, on the, on the donkey. How, Hosanna, stones are going to cry out if the people be quiet because they're going to praise the Lord. The next day, on Monday, on the next day, when he had left Bethany, Lazarus, Mary and Martha's house, that's where he's been staying, he became hungry. I'm so thankful that the Bible puts that in him. Why? Because he's 100% God, but he's also 100% man. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if, and perhaps if he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. No fruit. Nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. Now, if you know the, the rest of the story, he curses the tree. And the next day they come by and the tree is dead. It dies and it completely died. And everybody's amazed by it. I said, how did you have faith to curse a tree? And the tree just withered and died. That's another story you should go and read. It's pretty fascinating as you study that. But here's the point. Jesus approached the fig tree and there was nothing but leaves. I've titled today's message, Nothing But Leaves. You see, when Jesus approached his tree, his creation, he's looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit in your life, and he's looking in fruit 
and my life. This is just a thought. Jesus makes fig trees. He's the creator of the universe. I want you to think about that. He's the creator of fig trees. Fig, fig trees was his idea. He invented it. He created it. And the reason why he created it was so that it would do what? That it would produce fruit. You see, when the creator approaches his creation, he expects fruit. He expects it to be producing. But all he found was leaves. You see, fruit to God, fruit to Jesus is a big deal. And that's what I'm gonna focus on today. Why is fruit such a big deal? Why is fruit so significant to God, to Jesus, but also in the life of a disciple or a follower of Jesus? That's what we're gonna talk about today. That's what we're gonna jump in. And one of the greatest passages to talk about this is found in John chapter 15. So if you're John chapter 15, I want you to look at the person sit beside you and say, let's go. Since no one's beside me, I'm gonna say it, so let's go. All right, here we go. John chapter 15, and starting in verse one, we're gonna walk through this. I really don't have time historically to go into the vine and how, what it represented in Israel and, and what God's role in playing that. But I want you to hear what Jesus says, because to them in the first century, they would automatically went Old, Old Testament to the Torah. They would know that, hey, we're talking about the vine, talking about Israel and all this stuff. So listen to what Jesus says, speaking to his disciples. This is all introduction, obviously setting up for the next three weeks. So just, let's just walk through this together. In verse one, it says, I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. So let's just stop right there, unpack that real quick. God is the vine dresser. God is the one who takes care of the vine. God's the one that cleans the vine. God's the one that lifts up the vine whenever, uh, and, and the branch when it needs to be cleaned up and cleaned off. He's the one that extends the trellis to make sure it continues to produce fruit. He's the one, ouch, that prunes it. See, sometimes God prunes us. That's another whole message. I don't really have time to get into how God begins to prune us and take things away. It may hurt now, but it's to bear more fruit later, to produce fruit in our life later. Sometimes you have to go back before you could go up. That's another whole talk. We we'll may talk about that someday. But God is the vine dresser, but then Jesus says, I'm the vine. See, you thought it was just the nation. You just thought it was like Israel. You thought it was this. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I am the true vine. I'm the vine. I'm the source. I'm the vine. Everyone thing flows through me. I'm the one that's in control. I'm the one that brings the, 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 the nutrients. I'm the one that makes it all happen. I am the true vine. And listen to me, disciples, all you are is a branch. You are nothing but a branch. Why is that so important? Why is that so significant? Look at verse two. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, there's some studies about this if you study vineyards and what does that look like and, and what takes place. Basically, to take away is to lift up. They lift it up. The whole point is they're trying their best to get the branch to produce fruit. So they're going to clean it. They're going to lift it up. They're going to re rehang it back on the, on the trellis. They're going to make sure it's attached. They're going to do everything they can. So when, the, when nothing is producing fruit, they're going to try their very best to do what? To lift it up. To, to take, that's what it means to take away. And every branch that bears fruit. He prunes it so that it would do what? It bears more fruit. See, sometimes God allows things to happen or take things from us or prune us so that we could do, don't miss this, produce more fruit. You are already cleansed by, because of the word which I've spoken to you. So you're, you're saved, you got this. But here's verse four, abide in me and I in you. This is very key of following Jesus. This is very key 
of being a disciple. As you cannot, or as a branch, that's you, that's me, as a disciple, we cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides, it stays, remains, it attaches to the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. You will never be able to produce fruit apart from Jesus, the vine. That's what he's saying. I am the vine, as he reminds us. You are the branches. Understand your place. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. God wants you to produce fruit. Why? We're going to talk about that. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So let's walk this through. Without Jesus, my life bears no fruit. Without Jesus, I could bear no fruit. Now, some of you are saying, what's fruit? Like, are you saying that I'm fruity? What are you talking about? What do you mean by fruit? Like, what do you mean when you say fruit? Well, when we look through the scriptures and get to Galatians, we see like the fruit of the Spirit. We know that is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, right? We could go on. It's the fruit that we bear from our life, the fruit that we produce from our life, because what's inside of us is going to come out of us. He wants us to walk in the Spirit. He wants us to abide in Him so that our lives will produce fruit. Now, notice the word fruit there. It's singular. It's fruit. It's not like, well, I'm really good at patience, but I'm really not good at love. I'm really good, you know, being gentle, but I'm really not good on this side of self-control. It's, it's all. It's, if you're walking in the Spirit, you will produce all this. This is the fruit of the Spirit. So He wants us to produce fruit. But notice the levels of fruit. He says, some of you produce no fruit. That's because you're not connected to Jesus. Some of you produce fruit. Some of you will produce more fruit. Some of you will produce much fruit. Do you see that? There's an increase there. When he prunes you, you produce more fruit. Everything you go through life, everything, whether it's good, bad, hard, uh, or whatever it may be in your life, is so that he will produce more fruit in your life. That's the part of discipleship. Some old school maybe use the word sanctification. He's sanctifying me, making me more like Jesus so I would become more like Jesus so I could produce more fruit so I could be like Jesus. But I want you to understand there is a progression here. You can see it going over and over and over. You start out, you bear fruit, but you don't just stay there, right? You want to produce much fruit. How do I do that? That's what we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. But he does this so that you will produce fruit that will laugh. In Christ, with Christ, as the vine, you have the capacity to make a difference and produce fruit. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. They gather them and they cast them into the fire and they are burned. Now, really, I don't have time because I've got like 20 minutes on the clock here or whatever, and I really don't have time to go into that. For some people, they'll say, well, see, if you don't produce fruit, then God's going to cut you off and throw you into the pit of fire. He's going to burn you in fire. That is not the concept. That's not the mindset. They would not have known that in that mindset as we think of fire, hell today, burning in fire. If you don't produce fruit, you're not a Christian. No, no, no. He's saying, listen, as a branch that don't produce fruit, all it is is worthless, there's no, there's, no, there's no value if you're not going to produce fruit, if you're not going to send the king. He's not saying he's going to throw you into the lake of fire or stuff. That's not the concept. I don't have time to jump into that. But just for some of you, you may have read that or heard that or someone said, ha, if you don't show fruit. The whole point of God wants you to bear fruit. You're saved by grace through faith. You can't earn it. You can't work it. You can't produce fruit for, for it. You see what I'm saying? You can't earn that. That is a free gift from God. He saves you. You're secure. You're in the family, right? There's the, the relationship. You've been adopted, 
And as adopted to the family, he wants you to what? Produce fruit so you can make a difference, so you can continue to extend the kingdom of heaven. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, that's in the weeks to come, we'll jump into that. Ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this. Now, when Jesus says that his heavenly father is glorified by this, we should stop and go, okay, what, what, what gives God a glory? What glorifies our father who is in heaven? Show up on Sunday morning, drop a 20 in the bucket, make sure I can serve, like open up. What brings glory to God? That you, me, look what he says, bear much fruit. When you abide, when you remain, when you stay connected to the vine, you bear much fruit, watch this, and it brings glory to your heavenly father. And then here it is. This is why fruit's so important. So, that you prove to be my disciple. Your life will prove if you're a disciple of Jesus. Week one, you can be. Week two, do you wanna be? Week three, today, go prove it. Prove it that you are a follower, a disciple of Jesus. How? How do I prove it? By the fruit that you bear from your life. That's the whole series. That's the whole message right there. By the fruit that you bear from your life. But here's my question in the next few moments that we have. Why the image of fruit? I mean, why did he say go and, and bear something else? Why did he say go and, and produce corn? <laughs> why did he say go and, and be a farmer? What's this so significant about fruit? Why is fruit connected to the fruit that comes from our life that we produce, like walk in the fruit of the Spirit? Why does he use terminology like that? Why is it fruit? What's the concept behind fruit? How does fruit prove anything to anyone? And, and here's the question if you're asking me, how do I bear fruit then? If fruit proves I'm a disciple, if fruit brings glory to God, that's what I wanna do, right, as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, as walking in the ways of Jesus, how do I do that? Practically, like give me some tangible things that I can go do right now to begin to prove to the world, to bring glory to our Father in heaven, that I am a true disciple, a follower of Jesus. I'm not fake. I'm not a tree that has leaves, but then no fruit. And see, a lot of times, honestly, in our Christian life and walk, we have leaves we put on the, the Sunday show, we put on our Sunday best, we put on our Sunday mask, you know, we, we, we roll up with the best, we have leaves, we can talk the talk, we can throw verses out, we can post things on Facebook, we have leaves, but then when our creator approaches his creation, we have no fruit. And the whole point of the rest of this series is to help all of us, including myself, don't just be a branch with leaves, but be a branch that produces fruit, and not just any fruit, much fruit, more fruit, ultimately so that God could be glorified and show the world that we are followers of the way. So if you're taking notes, I have a few things I just want to, show, just want to walk you through real quick. Why the image of fruit? Here's a few suggestions I want to share with you why the image of fruit. Number one, Fruit comes from a connection. You see, fruit only comes 
when it's connected to something. Without no connection, there is no fruit. If you're not connected to Jesus, you will not produce fruit. If a branch is not connected to a, a tree or to a vine, it will not produce fruit. If you notice this, right, when a branch falls, a branch breaks off, it's going to wither and it's going to die. You've never walked by and on its own, a branch just laying there, miraculously begin to grow and produce fruit because it's not connected to the source. Fruit is a picture of connection. You must be connected to Jesus. You must abide in Jesus. You must remain in Jesus. If there's no connection, there is no power. If there's no power, there is no nutrients. If there's no nutrients, there is no fruit. You can't fake it on your own. Temporarily, you may be able to, but you can't produce the life-giving fruit on your own. No branch can. It only comes from a connection. Now, when you look at that word, to abide, it means to remain, to, to, to dwell, to, uh, to stay connected to. But when you look at that Hebrew word, to abide, now picture back at Psalms 27 when David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You see, that word dwell, it's the Hebrew word here, abide, which means to sit. I will sit in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now, how do you do that? I'm a stay-at-home mom, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a banker, I'm a carpenter, I, I'm a construction worker, I'm a pipe fitter, right? I, I'm a bullet maker. How, how, how do I do that? I, I work, you know, a nine-to-five job. I'm a college student. I can't just sit in the presence of God all day long, right? I mean, I, I'm not in full-time ministry to be able to do that, which that's another whole discussion. How, how, do, you, how, do, you set, how do you have constant fellowship? Because that's what he's saying. To abide means you have constant connection, constant fellowship. And let me just let you in on this. This is, this is pretty neat. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with you. When you go to work, when you go out to eat, when you go shopping, at home right now, he is always, always with you. He's never left you. He will never leave you, he says. He knows where you are 24-7. But here's my thought. Do you know where he is? Do you see his presence? Do you see him working in your coworker? Do you see him working in the person in the locker room next to you? Do you see him in your roommate on campus? Do you see him? Do you see him working at the cashier when you're, they're checking you out behind the desk? You see, that's what it means to stay connected and to remain. It's the oneness with Jesus that I'm consciously aware of his presence 24-7. And you can do that as a teenager, a stay-at-home mom, a banker. It doesn't matter what you do in your life. You can constantly make the choice. I'm going to be aware of his presence and abide and remain because as David said, I would love to sit in the house of the Lord, which is his presence all day long. You can do that. You can do that when you're about to walk into a meeting at work. God, I need your help here. I need, I, I trust you. You're gonna have to help me again. You can do that on the way. God, I'm about to step into this and today is kind of tough. I pray you for wisdom and discernment. How we, Lord, I'm about to go into this. Anything you do, I'm about to take this test. And that's funny. It's a no-hole how we pray for a test. But you didn't study. Don't expect to have an A. It's a sign from God. He helped me, right? You know, and all that stuff. So, Lord, I need you. It's a awareness of his presence. A disciple who only want, not only wants to know what his teacher knows, but who wants to become what his teacher is, is always 24-7 aware of his presence. And folks, honestly, if we really think about it, most people are only aware of Jesus on Sunday. They come in, get a message that's spoken to their life, and then they go right back out 
forgetting the words. The enemy snatched the seed that's been planted. And maybe you'll get your Jesus back on the next Sunday. You don't think about him in your finances. You don't think about him in your business. You don't think about him about your investments. You don't think about him through your parenting. You don't think about him through your retirement. If it's time to retire, you don't think about um, uh, through school. It's all about you. You will do how you want it when you want it. Major what you want. Go where you want. Be what you want. When you never sought your creator, when you are his creation, what do you want from my life? We do this all the time. And we wonder why we don't produce fruit. Fruit that lasts. See, fruit is a picture of connection. It's a picture of being one with Jesus. Here's the second thing. Fruit bearing is a natural process. Now, you may think, well, I can just look that up, right? Fruit bearing, we know it's a natural process. There's, the, there's something that there's an ease about fruit bearing. It's like a natural process. Your ego can't produce fruit. Your talent can't produce fruit. Your craft is not what produces the fruit. It's, it's this ease about it where there's not a strain to produce fruit. I want you to think about this. This is, this, picture this. Imagine the branch going, oh, I got to produce, produce, produce. Oh, come on, just produce. Just squeeze out the fig tree. Just squeeze out. The, I'm going to produce fruit. It's not even on the branch's mind. All it has to do is stay connected. All it has to do is to be one. All it has to do is to be aware of the presence of Jesus in his or her life. There's an ease about it. What I mean by this is you can't do it yourself. You can't produce self. You can't produce on your own. You may fake it. You may fake that you love someone. You may fake that you have self-control. You may fake that you're patient. You may fake that you're gentle, but it will not last. And honestly, I think discipleship has been cast in the way that you've got to do it on your own in a sense or have a mentor or something to do this on your own and they can or they will or if I tell you what if you'll do this six weeks bible study with the group you will be fruity you will produce fruit and you'll be more patient more kind and more gentle folks it's not about what I do it's about how I connect and about the awareness of his presence in my life and so many of us, we attempt by being disciplined. Maybe if I just work a little bit harder, be a little bit you know, better, if I try a little, you know, if I'm a little bit more kinder to people, if I just practice a little bit on my craft or my talent, then I will produce fruit that will laugh. I will have a little bit more patience or peace or generous. Listen to me. It's not a natural success, but it's a supernatural process in your life. And when I just stay connected to Jesus, and we'll talk about that in the weeks to come. If I just stay one with Jesus, if I just remain in Jesus, if I just sit with Jesus, if I just abide in Jesus, then watch this. Supernaturally, I will begin to bud fruits from my life. Fruit will be in the display. And guess what? You won't just see leaves. They will be fruit. Why? Because Jesus is the vine. He is the source that produces it in your life. Here's the third point I want to make. Fruit, and this one's a big one, the fruit is not for you. The more I thought about that, fruit's not for you. Like for me individually, for me to be patient and kind and gentle and have self-control, that's not for me. Now, yes, there's, been, there's health benefits to that, right? Because if I'm not patient, then I'm probably anxious. And if I'm anxious, it's gonna, and I worry all the time, that's gonna put stress in my life, stress in my heart, stress in, in me physically, and it's gonna hurt me physically. God didn't wire us to be that way. 
He wants us to produce fruit. He doesn't want us to be worrying. He doesn't want us to be anxious. He doesn't want us to be afraid. We trust him. That comes from remaining, staying connected, and abiding in him. So the fruit that comes from my life is not for me. It's for a couple things. Number one, if you remember the text, it says, so that God will be glorified. You know why God wants his children to produce fruit? So that he will get the glory. That he will get the glory. I never, I never forget, I remember my roommate in college, I, I roomed empty for two years. I wasn't a Christian, and, and for two years, he put it with my filthy mouth, my fi- filthy lifestyle, my filthy music, uh, all the stuff of just somebody who doesn't really follow Jesus. Uh, believed, believed there's a God, believed that, that Jesus was real, but never received him as my Lord and Savior. And I remember watching him and watching his life and, and watching the fruit that he produced. I didn't know at the time it was fruit. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the church lingo. I didn't know the Bible to say, wow, he has fruit from his life. But something was different about Robbie. Something was unique about him. And then the night when I gave my life to Jesus, when I prayed, I prayed, I want what Robbie has. So God, whatever he has, that's what I want. Do you don't think that Robbie's life brought glory to God? when it drew a sinner like me to give their life to him? Do you see how God gets glory from that? When I produce fruit, when he didn't judge me, but he loved me, when he didn't condemn me, but he prayed for me, you don't think I saw that in his life? And it was because of his fruit of his life, I picked it. And I wanted what he had. Not because he tried harder, did this and did this. And and I didn't know all this stuff. It was from the fruit of his life. And so the second thing is, yes, it brings glory to God, but guess what else? It's for other people that can see Jesus in you. When you bear fruit, when all you have leaves, people can see through it, there's no fruit. But when you bear fruit, people will see Jesus. They'll see that you've been connected to something. Why is she so different? Why, don't, why, why does when all the other ladies at work gossip behind other people back, she doesn't? Why when everybody at school picks on that person and, and makes fun of them, he doesn't? What's different about him? Why when everybody else is scared and afraid and upset, they're not? What's different about them? Why when everybody at work lies, steals, and cheat, but they don't? You see that? The world looks at you and they will see that you are different. They will see this fruit that comes from your life. and like, what's, why are you so different? Where do you get this from? How can you handle this? And watch this. You don't reflect to you, well, I'm just a branch and I'll sit at home and figure out how I'm gonna be better. No, you say, it's be Jesus. I'm connected to the vine. It's his source. It's because he saved me. He's changed me. This is the fruit that I bear from my life. And people all around will come and pick the fruit from your life. You see, fruit is for your workplace. Fruit is for in the locker room. Fruit is when you're at home and your kids and your spouse can see the fruit that's produced from your life. Lately, Fruit is for when you go to Walmart. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about, right? When you, you better try, man, you better try your best to bear fruit. There's not much fruit there. It's all gone. But you better figure out how you're going to bear fruit because everybody's trying to do it. Like people see that there's patience, there's kindness, there's gentleness, there's self-control. There's how do I love people, right? I mean, people see it from your life. Fruit's not for you. It's to bring glory to God and to show other people Jesus through your life. You see, the image of fruit is very significant. It shows a connection. It shows that it's just a natural process. The branch, I, I can't, that's what Jesus says. You can do nothing apart from me. You can do nothing without me. 
We are nothing but branches that are useless, nothing but just to gather and start a fire with if we don't produce fruit. When people look at your life, do they only see leaves or do they see fruit? And when they see fruit, it proves that you're a follower of Jesus and it also brings glory and honor to our heavenly Father. And then here's the last and the fourth thing I wanna share about fruit. And that is, fruit is full of possibilities. Fruit is so full of possibilities in your life. I mean, I want you to think about it. Contained inside the fruit that you bear are seeds of potentials. I want you to think about that. The fruit that comes from your life, the coworker that sees your fruit, the student that sees your fruit, the teacher or coach that sees your fruit, the cashier or the waitress or the waiter that sees your fruit, the unbelieving spouse that sees your fruit. The seeds in your fruit have endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. I have a story, man. I, a guy shared with me this week. I want to share this right now, but I, I, I can't. I, I, I got to hold this and, and wait. But the, the, the fruit that came from, the, the fruit that I believe that came from this and that's going to happen from this is really going to change this person's life. I'm just really excited about it. Hopefully someday I'll be able to, to share that, how God brought glory through this. But your fruit, the seeds within it, has endless potential and possibilities. Let me show you what Jesus said. John 12, verse 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Let me stop right there. Jesus, the seed that died, got up out of the grave. And because he died, we live. Because he died, the endless potential and possibilities for billions of people to be saved. Because he fell and he got back up. And because of that moment when the enemy thought he had it conquered and that Jesus died, he didn't know that death brings life. And that death brings life to you and me. You see the fruit of that? But then he goes on and says this. He who loves his life loses it. That sounds familiar from last week. And who hates his life in this world will keep it for life eternal. Now, he's not saying that you should hate yourself. That's not what Jay said. You gotta understand the context. There's always a compare and contrast, compare and contrast. Love your life, hate your life. He don't say hate yourself, hate your life. Well, I hate my life, my life just stinks. That's not what he's saying. In comparison, those who tries to save their life, well, to lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake, remember last week, they will be rewarded. They will gain this, this harmony, this, this better life, this fruit from abundance abiding in me. Verse 26. If anyone serves me, you want to be my disciple? If he follows me, you want to be my disciple? You want to show the world? I know you can. You have a choice, then prove it. If you must follow me, 
Because where I am, my servant will be also. You see that right there? Oh my goodness, I wish that. Jesus is where I am. That's where you'll be. How do I know where you are? Because you're aware of my presence 24-7. Let me tell you something to begin to pray. God, show me where you're working. When I go back to work, God, show me where I'm working. Where are you working at in people's lives? That's where I want to be. When you go back to school, God, show me where you're working. That's where I want to be. When you go into a store place, God, is there a reason you brought me here today? Who needs you? I'm not here just to get milk and bread and butter and sugar. You can tell what I've been eating for the last several weeks, right? God, why you bring me here? Why'd you bring me here today? Who do you want me to encounter? Do you see that? Because where you are, I want to be. That's what it means to remain. That's what it means to abide. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. What is he saying? That's what we said last week. That I must deny myself, and I watch this, I must die to myself, surrender myself. Why? Because death is necessary for a harvest. And when I die to myself, when the seed of selflessness, when the seed of selfishness in my heart dies, So much fruit could bear from that one seed. Right? That one seed of that apple tree. That one apple seed has no idea it could plant a tree that produces hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of fruit. When I die to myself, when I die to that seed of selfishness, you will not believe the endless possibility of fruit that could be produced from my life. You see, I believe God uses a picture of fruit because fruit is completely, watch this, selfless. Fruit's selfless because it knows it can't do it. It can't do anything. It just produces. It just flourishes. It just happens. The only thing fruit can do is give source or give praise to give glory back to its source. I would only have this fruit because I stay connected. I only do this because I remain in the vine. I'm only in what I am because of Jesus. Do you see that? And if we want to follow Jesus, we have to die. We got to let that selfish seed in our life die and follow after him. I will talk a little bit more in the next three weeks. So how do you practically, tangibly, give me some steps. How do we do that? So here's what I want you to do. I want you, if you would, just for a moment, bow your head. Just bow your head. I know it may be awkward. You may be sitting at home. If you're driving, please do not bow your head. But if you need to pull over on the side of the road, that's fine. If the Lord's speaking to you, that's okay. That's okay. Bow your head. And I want you to ask yourself, when people see my life, let's just go back. When I look in the mirror, do I see leaves? Or do I see fruit? Jesus went to the fig tree and he found nothing but leaves. When Jesus approaches us, my prayer starting today that he begins to see fruit. Even if it's just barely budding, at least there's fruit. It begins to produce fruit. 
because of all we have as leaves, we have public display, but no private devotion. A, be, a body remaining, connecting, staying with Him. External change, but no internal transformation taking place in our lives. See, Jesus on the way to Calvary was looking for fruit. And all he had was palm trees, palm branches. You remember that? No fruit. A fig tree, no fruit. A group of people who had public display, but no private connection, no private devotion. And I want that to change today. Watch this for every single one of us. We are going to make a commitment. I can be a follower of Jesus. I will choose today to be a follower and disciple of Jesus. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to stay connected, to abide, to remain, and to prove to the world that I'm a follower of Jesus by the fruit that I bear for my life. And after Mother's Day, we'll unpack that. What are some things we could begin to do? Maybe your first step is, honestly, is for you to give your life to Jesus. You can know him know about him but not surrender and my prayer is for you right now that you would surrender your life to Jesus he is the Lord he's the master he's the vine you're just a branch you cannot do this on he says you cannot do this without me quit trying and now just rest in him and if that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus will you just pray out and cry out right where you said you can cry out to the Lord no matter where you're at right now and to say Jesus I believe I believe you came for me and I believe you died for me and I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And today I repent of my sin, trying to live my life on my own, trying to live my life apart from you. But today I surrender it to you. I give you my life, I give you my family, I give you my hopes, I give you my dreams. And now I just want to be aware of your presence. Thank you so much for saving me. Now, I believe that the Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if that's you right now, please, in our comment below, maybe you're on our church online platform. I don't know what platform you're watching on. Maybe you're on our app, Facebook, YouTube. doesn't matter. Would you let someone know? You can even let me know. You can email me, pastor at betterlife.church. I'd love to know. So we can celebrate with you. Chat, put in a comment. Today, I gave my life to Jesus. We just want to celebrate with you. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that even when we just have nothing but leaves, your mercy, your grace is new every day. That, Lord, that you come and you lift us up and you clean us off because as the vine dresser, <laughs> you want your branches, your children to produce fruit. And Lord, some of us right now may be going through a pruning time. I pray that we would keep our head up knowing that you prune us so that we could bear much fruit. Fruit that honors you. Fruit that brings glory to you. But fruit also that will draw others to you. So Lord, we can't wait to see what you're going to do next week. We pray for Shari as she speaks into all of our moms and hearts and lives. And Lord, as we finish up this series over the next three weeks, I pray you challenge us to really seek after and follow you 
with all of our hearts. We love you, Jesus. In your name we ask and we pray. Come on now, and everybody say, amen. I hope that message that Pastor Daniel had really spoke to your heart today and that God just spoke through him directly to you for whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is you need to hear to grow in that fellowship with Jesus. And we are a church that believes in salvation is a journey that you go through for the rest of your life once you're saved. And it's just a series of taking taking steps to be closer to Jesus. And maybe today you took that first step of salvation. You gave your life to Jesus. You asked him to forgive you of your sins. You said, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, Jesus. And if that was you, please, please let us know. To either text uh, LIFE to the number on the screen or let somebody, whatever platform you're watching on, let somebody know so that we can connect with you, that we can pray with you. If you want, we can even send you a Bible if you don't have one. We want to have, make sure that you are resourced to be able to grow in your relationship with Jesus um, for sure. And so thank you. We want to celebrate with you also um, that today was your day of salvation. Now, if today you also felt like you had to take a next step, but it was, you know, you're already saved and you want to take a, another step in your journey with Jesus, check out our next step page on our website, betterlife.church slash next steps. You can join an online group, get connected with people right now. You can uh, sign up for baptism. If that's something that you think you want to do. You can even give for the first time. There's just a bunch of next steps. We want to help you in that journey, continue to process, to continue to proceed forward, to grow closer to Jesus right now. Um, and speaking of giving, for all of you who have already given to support the ministry of Better Life Church, thank you so much. You are so generous, and your generosity helps us to be able to continue to spread the amazing message of Jesus, the gospel, the life-saving message, the only thing that can truly change people uh, through our area, through our state, through our nation, and beyond. And so we just want to say thank you so much for being generous to your church. Next week is Mother's Day, as Pastor Daniel talked about. And so check out this video to tell you all about our service next week that we have planned for you. It's going to be amazing. Hi, I'm Angie, the Kids Ministry Director for the Moorhead Campus here at Better Life Church. I would love to invite you to join us for a special Mother's Day service online. We know that being a mom is one of the most rewarding things you will do in life, but it can also be the most challenging. As a way to help encourage our moms, we have a very special guest speaker, Shari King. Shari and her husband Clayton founded Clayton King Ministries in 1996, and they've been doing ministry together ever since. Shari ministers through her podcast, through traveling and speaking, and writing books and blogs. Her greatest desire in ministry is to help move women further in their faith and to help them finish their race strong. As well as having Shari speak to us, we will be doing a spa giveaway that all of our moms can enter and hopefully get some much needed rest. We believe that Mother's Day is going to be an amazing time and we can't wait to celebrate with you online May 10th at 10 and 1130 a.m.